Last Friday, I went to go see, or I went to the AMC in Oak Brook to see, as we've been mentioning, the first two episodes of The Chosen, uh, the season three, and um, I was excited to go. I was excited because as we rented out the theater and it was sold out, so it was there with uh, parishioners. I was excited to go with um, five of the religious sisters at Our Lady of the Angels. I was just excited to see uh, The Chosen. I was excited to go to a movie theater. It had been a long time, and um, I enjoyed the, the first episode. It was, has been a, a big fruit of prayer for me in, the, in this past week since seeing The Chosen. And then as the first episode ended and the second episode started, I discovered that the chair reclines all the way back, <laughs> and I was out. I mean... <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what genius thought it'd be a good idea to put in movie theaters Lazy Boys, but growing up on the farm, we didn't have movie theaters with Lazy Boys. And I woke up with the credits going, lights were on, parishioners were walking by me. I turned over to the sister sitting next to me and said, why didn't you wake me up? She said, you just look so peaceful. But we all we all know we don't know what it what it's like. We know the feeling of being drowsy, right? The head bobs, listening to the professor, or the the teacher at school, or maybe even some point in this homily, your head bobs. You check to see if anyone's noticed. It's difficult to be engaged when we're drowsy. It's difficult to to function well if we're drowsy. And it, even, it can even be dangerous when, if we're drowsy. You know, think of the rumble strips on the side of the road. Think of, uh, you know, the, the warning label on medicine it says, you know, may cause drowsiness. Don't operate heavy machinery, right? Because it, why? It, it might harm you. It might not just harm you, but it might harm others around you. But the Bible speaks of a more dangerous kind of drowsiness, more dangerous than physical drowsiness, and that's spiritual drowsiness. The Bible's, you know, and I, and I think, you know, just in our, in our culture, you know, maybe more so than any other time in human history, we, we, we have the tendency to be lulled to sleep spiritually. You know, I, just our culture in of itself lulls us to, to sleep spiritually let alone, as we talked about a number of times, the number of spiritual tranquilizers that we have at our fingertips all the time. And what that does is it, it loses our focus or attention is not correctly ordered the way it, it needs to be, that it ought to be, the way in which we're wired as humans, our order is off. We're not correctly ordered. And that's not a good thing. It harms us and it Inevitably, it harms those around us, our family and community, and even on a broader scale. And so an important theme throughout the entire Bible, and it's heightened here, we hear in Advent, and it's, it's, it's this, wake up, get ready, the Lord's coming. Advent, the Latin word adventus means the coming. And so this, these four weeks, we're beginning a new preaching series we're calling Awakened. The hope is that these four weeks, 
in preparation for the Lord's coming on Christmas is that we kind of snap out of any spiritual drowsiness that we might find ourselves in here as we come here this first Sunday. And this first week, what we find and we see is that the time is now. So just like in, when you're waking up in the morning, no matter how many times you press the snooze button, no matter how many, how many times you roll over, there eventually gets to the time where you say, now is the time I have to get up. The time has come where there are no more five minutes. I've, now is the time I have to get up. And the same is the case in the spiritual life, the same is the case in the moral life. And I, you know, when we say moral, morality, we can have an aversion towards it. The, the word moral, morality, simply means, it means principles concerned with right and wrong behavior of a goodness or badness in my character that is aligned in such a way that I'm acting in such a way, I live in such a way that gets me to where I am, need to go, that I want to go. And so just like waking up, there gets to a, a point where it's like, now's the time I've got to get up. The same, we know the feeling of it's like in us, it's like, now's the time, I'm, now's the time I've got to start. Or now's the time I've got to stop. Now's the time I've got to change. Now's the time I have to mend this relationship. Now's the time I've got to delete the app, change my habits, whatever it is. Now's the time. There's a, there's a C.S. Lewis inspired ex exchange um, that, that goes, you know, the, the devil's training the number of student demons as they're dispatched to go up into earth and finish their training. And so as they're dispatched or before they're dispatched, Satan asks, you know, the class of the three student demons and, and asks the first one, says, how are, how are you going to operate when you go and you're dispatched onto earth to, to mess and tempt us? And the student demons, first one says, I will instruct them that God does not exist. And the devil in the response shook his head and says, you must do better than that. Most know that our enemy, God, does exist. And the second one, second student demon pops up and says, chimes in and says, I'm going to convince them that hell doesn't exist. And Satan at that response, he's annoyed and says, after, the, after millions of atrocities in this world, everything that's gone on, people know well that hell exists. And the third, finally, demon pops up and says breathlessly, I'm going to tell them that they have plenty of time. To which Satan, being with satisfaction, says, good demon, why aren't your colleagues as clever as you? Do that, and you'll bring them down by the billions. Satan's tactic, the father of lies, says you have time. You've got time to, to, to stop, to start, to change, to mend, to start praying, whatever it is. The reality is the Bible says always, now's the time. Now's the time. Paul in Romans, his letter to the Romans in 13, we hear, the time is now for you to awake from sleep to throw off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. and says, let us now conduct ourselves properly. What is that? It's to correctly order my life, to order where I put my attention, to stop doing the things that I know I need to stop doing or start doing the things that I know I need to start. Things of which that doesn't even, like I don't need you, Father Mark, to tell me, I know. 
because the moral law is written in our hearts. And some of us need to be more better trained with our conscience because it's maybe deadened and our culture has deadened our conscience in some areas. Yeah. And there's time for us to talk about that and we need to. But for a lot of things, even us sitting here right now, we know I don't need my spouse to tell me. I don't need Father Mark to tell me. I know now is the time. And there's great hope in that. There's a great hope as we, as we hear that and we listen to it. But if we don't live in the mindset that now is the time, we've got to know that there is a too late. Just like there's a too late in waking up in the morning where it gets to the point where it's like, now I'm late. Same as the case in the spiritual life, same as the case in the moral life. That we're not prepared. And we hear the warning of sorts from our gospel. Jesus says in verse, beginning in verse 37 says, as it was in the days of Noah, so will be, so it will be in the coming of the son of man. In those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, married, getting married and giving in marriage up until the day that Noah entered the ark. They did not know until the flood came and carried them all away. What's interesting about that is that Noah with himself and his family are in the ark. You might ask, well, why is he up in the ark? Why is he saved and with his family? The Bible says that Noah was a man who walked with the Lord. He was a righteous man. He obeyed God. You might say that Noah was a man who stayed awake, that allowed himself to be prepared, that allowed himself to know that the flood was coming and then to build the ark. And so a message of Advent is this, build your ark. Build your ark and build it today, build it now because the flood is coming. The flood is coming in our death. The flood is coming in the second coming, whichever comes first. And as some commentators on, this, on the passage in Genesis with Noah says, the flood is also coming in your life. The flood's coming in your marriage. The flood's coming in my priesthood. The flood's coming at some point in your life where tragedy's gonna hit, something's gonna happen, and the question's gonna be, were you prepared? What does that mean? Was I, did, did I have my life now correctly ordered in such a way that when the flood comes, and it will come, that I'll be ready, that I've built the ark? And so the question for us is, what's the ark that you need to build? What's the ark that you need to build these four weeks? What's the ark I need to build so as to be prepared and to build it now? The time is now. And really for us to enter into the, the, the spot of there's great hope in that. There's great hope in just like, okay, now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna start. Or now I'm gonna stop. There's great hope in that. And maybe to end with this, there's great hope in that. But the thrust of the hope, there's a greater hope because also now is the time for, some, for, for something else as well. It's, it's, all, it's, it's a time for us to think on all those things, the stop, the change, the mend. There's also the time is now that he's coming. I was watching the trailer of a Lion, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, the Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe uh, with my nieces and nephews. It was a trailer of the first one and Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. You know, it's C.S. Lewis and other C.S. Lewis work where lion is, the lion is, is, his name is Aslan. He's a Christ-like figure. The witch is, of course, represents all of evil, the white witch. 
And then the wardrobe is the land in which these four siblings enter into. In the beginning of the series, as they enter in the wardrobe, they did, their, their friend Thomas, who they had met, had just gotten captured by the White Witch. Witch. And she entered, and he goes into the castle. And of course, those that enter in the castle, they turn to, to stone. And so, as they're the four siblings, they're there. They're meeting with the beaver, talk, talking beavers. Right? It's interesting. <laughs> and as they're there, they're distraught on how to get their friend Thomas back. And the beaver leans over the table and says, you don't understand what enters into the white witch castle doesn't come out. And as his wife is preparing the meal, she says, well, tell him there's hope. He goes, oh yeah, of course there's hope. And he leans over and whispers and says, there's hope because Aslan's on the move. The Lord's on the move. The Lord's coming. We have a savior who's come to rescue. For us to, to think this week, to change, to stop, to start, et cetera, well, that's only possible because he came. And we have the grace and the Holy Spirit in us. He's on the move in your life and he's on the move in my life. So what's the ark that you need to build? Don't delay. The time to wake up from our spiritual drowsiness is now. <laughs>